0: say home is where the heart is so i wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless
1: welcome to another episode of doubly negative as always i'm chris here with my friend kyle kyle how are you hi chris how we doing you know you know no i don't know that's why i asked. <laughs> I have no idea
0: uh, well i gotta I got ease into this you know okay how's your dick that that's the question yes yeah. <laughs> um
1: okay not being used much since your girlfriend's on the other side of the world, but you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I find, I find ways to make it work for me.
1: Yeah, you got to test it and make sure. I hear if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. So it's good to stay prepped, yeah, if you will.
0: Well, she actually asked me if I, because uh, we'll, we'll have our nightly talks. Yeah. Right? And she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to take a shower. She said, oh, did you jerk off? Which I thought was very astute. Mm. Was yeah. Say, yeah. That makes sense. I do take showers after I jerk off quite often, but uh, is that
1: part of the routine? Like, if you're like, "All right, I'm gonna crank one out," showers planned directly yeah. after?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: Not me. Maybe I'm gross.
0: Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you use as a receptacle. Um, for me, belly button. Yeah, me too. No, I'm just oh, I don't. I don't use the. Button. Oh, you tricked me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's i mean that's what i do I, I don't know what else you would do
1: a towel that is getting ready to go in the uh, wash, or something yeah. uh, toilet paper but i mean that's a problem
0: but then i mean how are you washing up because for me it's i'm not gonna feel clean unless i go full shower
1: so you're a lay down and crank yeah type of guy yeah um sometimes i'll sit up maybe you know maybe we shouldn't go any further on this because we always regret we always say we talk too much about our personal lives and then we get embarrassed. And we've talked about pooping our pants and now cranking our carrots. And well, we're, we're we're into it. That's two very vulnerable places to our be. carrots. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it uh PG.
0: you' uh, you're you are already, already halfway in. Let's you know, finish it up.
1: Yeah, well sometimes you sit, sometimes you lay. It just it all depends, I guess.
0: Well, I think the the main factor for when I say I feel the need for cleanup in the shower, a big part of it is the the, the lubrication. And are you using anything I'll there? Go dry. Just dry. Yeah, you're you're a psychopath.
1: No, I mean, I don't got to make it a whole fucking thing where I'm lighting candles and running a bubble bath. You don't. No, but that's what I picture if someone takes out lotion. You, I mean, it's, it's an experience for you. I thought the whole point is enjoyment. Yeah, but sometimes you got to just get in and get out. Are you always doing it like that? No, but I mean, I'm not making a meal of it. So you're never using anything? It's been years wow yeah
0: it's been years since you used anything yeah i i can't relate to you right now i feel i've never felt more apart yeah i no, don't understand you at no all
1: <laughs> maybe this week i'll uh i'll use something and i'll report back
0: well do you, you got okay it's been years you said mm. and i mean i know you're not lifting a lot right now but you used to have a lot of calluses from deadlifting. Mm-hmm. i'm assuming
1: mm-hmm. that hurts man well, it's not like a slide, it's more of a you know, you grab it. What are you doing? <laughs> it's easier if I just show you. Yeah. <laughs> <please>. <laughs> It'll be easier if I just show you. What what do you do? You just kind of grab it by the root and I don't know how to describe this without sounding like a psychopath. I can't be the only one that goes dry. All right.
0: Well, what I'm thinking is I'm just going to quickly explain it. You get so especially from deadlifting, you get calluses at the at the base of your fingers on on your palm, right? that's gonna create friction
1: mm. it, it's it's not a slide thing you're just kind of grabbing the skin and going still got to be friction
0: wow mm. huh. well uh I guess we'll one do of the... us has
1: been doing it wrong whole <laughs> I think it's me <laughs> we'll
0: do demonstrations for the patreon
1: yeah yeah, yeah. patreon.com w negative yeah. we will probably'll we'll we do it together in the same video and we'll just kind of stand side by side and compare
0: And maybe we could have a poll too um, for the guys uh, who uses lubrication and who doesn't, because I just feel like if you don't at, at the age of 30, whatever you are, I mean, I don't know what you're doing.
1: I I can't do it on mine. I've got people at work who follow me on Instagram. So maybe you can throw the poll up. I'll try it, man. Yeah. Um, But since we've last talked, we'll kind of move on a little bit there. Mm. We've both had therapy sessions since the last time. Would Mm. you like to lead with yours? or Would you like me to lead with mine? You can go. Okay, how am selfish. Um good talked a lot about the anxiety and I was I'm being way more open and honest with this uh this lady here. Mm. So um I didn't ask about the medication though and I said I would. After what I left, I thought about it and I thought oh man, I should have said you know, I think I'm going to frame it as do you think a person like me would benefit from having medicine for anxiety? I think I'm going to frame it like that and not be like hey, can I get yeah, I'm just gonna move this up here because oh, I'll just PTSD. take it again. I
0: just don't want to. Okay, I think that's how I framed it too in the first place.
1: I feel like that's the move.
0: So, what what you said you're opening up, how do you, yeah, what, what did you say?
1: I, I'm just more honest about the things I'm getting nervous about rather than saying, yeah, the week was good and then small talking for 45 minutes. Hmm. We're actually focusing on anxiety and kind of. Coping mechanisms on how to deal with it, I guess, in the moment. And I'm trying to use those. Like what? Um, kind of just like distracting myself is a big one. Um, So, for example, in this last session, I talked about how I booked a vet appointment for Ollie and I was already freaking out about it because he had to get some shots. The reason I freak out about it is he doesn't like the vet and you know i don't want him to like bite anyone i don't think he will but you never know he's scared yeah um and the other is it's on a main road what if he his collar pops off and he runs into the main road which is kind of crazy to think about because it's a small percentage chance but it's possible yeah and that's in my head yeah so i was trying to use some of the techniques as far as like distracting myself stop painting it in a negative way and try to just paint it in like a a better way. And it seemed to be working in the moment until I realized after me and Ali got home, the sense of relief I felt. That's Mm kind of how I feel. uh, I can track how nervous I was during a certain situation. The rush of just happiness and relief I have when I get back, even if I don't consciously feel super anxious in the moment. Like I I thought like, oh, it's working. And then I got home and I felt super relieved. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing that I'm still getting that like rush of oh it's over yes because i was less anxious in the moment hmm. so it definitely worked what do you mean distract yourself with what um she was saying all right if you have podcasts you listen to like try to really focus in on what they're saying and talking mm-hmm. and like you know while you're driving because i told her one of my mechanisms is probably the same as a lot of people is oh i'm gonna grab my phone and go on reddit right obviously i can't do that while i'm driving i could not a good idea um, but kind of just like really get into what I'm either listening to or, yeah. Makes sense. And just bringing my mind elsewhere. Mm.
0: So that relief thing is interesting. Uh, the, the thought that comes to my mind immediately is the dentist. Mm. Because when I finish the dentist, that's maybe one of the things I get most anxious about. Yeah, definitely. Because I'll even put off appointments for a long time. I just, I hate that cleaning. Yeah. The scaling. But uh, when I get out of the dentist, that, that sense of relief is huge. It's very pleasurable.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I have very intense emotions and they're all positive. Yeah. Like, I'll get out of there and just be, text Michelle be like, I love you so much. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like it's like you escaped death or
1: something. Yeah, and that's how we're kind of framing these things up that we're mm. anxious about. It's like do or die. And yeah. it's not. Right. But just intense. I don't want to say euphoria because that's very gross over exaggeration but it's definitely a feeling of i'm so lucky i have everything i have (laughs) even though it's as simple as a vet appointment
0: no it is kind of logical though because i guess even if your fears are irrational there's still that level They're, they're they're ratcheted up to that level right where it feels like the end of the world yeah so then when it's over you feel like you have the world back
1: yeah and I, I I had described that like when I got back from the cruise, the second the plane landed and I was off the plane on the way home. Mm. It was just like, oh, I have this weight lifted off my shoulders that I wish I didn't have the entire time while I'm on vacation. Yeah. So the goal is to get to a point where I'm not having that huge weight while, you know, doing these enjoyable things like vacation or even just doing regular things, I guess. But just getting that weight off my shoulder to begin with.
0: So you said you're opening up about what you're anxious about, Mm -hmm. but I would think that even more important would be how often and how severe the anxiety is. Because for example, when you answer those questionnaires and they're diagnosing you or whatever, it's usually about like one to
1: 10, like very anxious or
0: and like how often in the last 2 weeks. So she'll follow up. Yeah. She'll
1: follow up and ask so how long does it last when you get anxious about this and I'll tell her it comes in waves but it's a majority of the day leading up to the event. Mm. So I she she asked those questions. And she also asked how severe I'm like I'm not full blown panic attack but it's constantly in the back of my head.
0: How many of those events do you have every week?
1: Uh it varies. Um I talked about the whole, you know, in bed just thinking about all the worst shit, but I feel like I'm not alone there. I feel like that's most people when you're just alone in your thoughts, you just start going all these places. You don't go all day because you have these distractions all day.
0: I think I definitely have that when I'm not feeling good. And lately I've had that, but not at all the time. Mm. If, like if uh, I feel like when I've been doing all right, I don't have that at all. Yeah. I
1: feel like a majority of the time when I'm laying down in bed, at least once or twice before I hit the pill, like actually go to sleep, I'll have something that pops in my head that I Mm. don't need to be worrying about as severely as I should be. Mm. Do you have anything like that right now? That's in my head that I'm worried about? Yeah. Mm. Not at the moment, but if anything pops up before the end of the episode, I'll let you know. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have
0: that with social events. Yeah. I don't really have anything planned right now that's making me feel that way, but usually it'll be something that I don't want to do or that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Like going to some place that I'm not feeling comfortable or with people that I'm not feeling comfortable. I'll uh I'll, I'll zero in on that a lot and just kind of think worst case scenarios or not even not even really project just feel like i don't want to like just a feeling of dread
1: do you play out the like the social scenarios that you're gonna have in your head prior to getting there so you kind of like prepare like yeah all right i'm gonna go in for the handshake quick so he doesn't put the fist up for the pound i'm just gonna put the hand out right when i see it yeah like stupid shit
0: like that and the worst part about that is that yeah i do do that and the worst part about that is i know that that doesn't work no because it curveballs get thrown
1: the second you get in there
0: and even if they don't get thrown it just comes off weird the energy that you come off with when you do pre-planned stuff is weird
1: yeah i had that i was going to see people her good friend nick um a bunch of people were getting together and they were asking people to be in their bridal party and getting there and knowing i'm gonna see a bunch of people not knowing hug handshake who with uh, it's that all goes through my head yeah, prior yeah, to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that builds up and then you get there and it's fine.
0: The big example I can think of with pre planning stuff is jokes. I've always noticed that if I have a joke in the moment and I say it, I'll have a pretty good success rate. My timing's decent. I'm a decent comedian yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the moment. Yeah. But if. I ever think of a joke ahead of time, or I think, "Oh, I should have said that joke," and then I decide to say it later. It bombs with a Every huge percentage of time. Yeah, time it will bomb because the energy is just weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am um, speaking of jokes missed. I at the vet with Ollie. Mm. I uh, really dropped the ball. I, I should have started firing off some anti-vax jokes, and that's why I, he didn't. <laughs> I, I thought about it, yeah. and afterwards, I was pretty upset. So uh, missed gonna opportunity, keep, I'm going to keep that in the pocket for next time, mm. and it's going to bomb. Yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to get it out. I think it has something
0: to do with like expectations because I think when you fire off a joke in the moment it's coming from this creative fun place and you're not necessarily worried about other people's reactions. I think this is the main key, worried about other people's reactions because when you when you store a joke for later,
1: you hype it up in your head.
0: Yeah, inherently the point is, oh, they're going to I'm going to look cool. They're going to laugh and I'm going to look cool. Yeah. So then when you say it, you're kind of like Waiting for the reaction, and I think that's felt. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, huh? Uh-huh. How's that one? You got me, right? <laughs> and everybody's cool. like, uh dude, that's bad. Yeah. yeah, and and that proves too that it's all about like comedy. Anyway, it's all about like timing and delivery. Yeah, because I, I think the content could be the same, but it's all about the timing.
1: Yeah, I find myself thriving off of situational comedy, like. Something happens, then I can do something there. And I think mm. maybe, because I've always said, I wanted to try stand up, but I never have. Probably because it's not situational. In the situation, when something comes up and happens, I'm quick with it. Yeah. I'm boom, boom, boom. But as far as writing something, I don't know if I got it.
0: Yeah, I used to do it. And I think so many of the people that try it are people that their friends say, Oh, you're really funny. You'd be good. But it's totally different. You're right. Yeah. It's
1: because, yeah. oh, they know you. They know, like, it's like when you go somewhere and try, you know, a joke that you that would nail with your other friends, but you're yeah. you're meeting your girlfriend's parents and they're like this guy is fucking dark. I don't know how I feel about this yeah. guy. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's also like uh in those situations, the bar for comedy is lowered so much because the people you're with want to laugh and they're not expecting a joke. Yeah. Too, right? That that's why the the, the easiest place to kill is like if you're doing a presentation and people are expecting some dry material and you make even the slightest joke. You, you ever watch like those presentations, like a yeah. TED talk, yeah? And they make the stupidest joke that's not funny at all, and the whole place erupts with laughter. Yeah, is because the the bar is so low. But if you're doing stand up, people want to laugh and they're expecting jokes. Man, that is just. It's
1: like you're going in there. You're like, I have this. I'm getting these. These are all judges. These aren't people here to see. And, well they obviously are there to see comedy but there are everyone's there just judging mm-hmm. he was pretty funny yeah. yeah anytime you leave a show anytime you go to a comedy uh stand-up thing he was kind of funny oh i don't know how i felt about the first guy yep and it's i do the same thing
0: and it's also like um the context of it like he was funny for a comedian or he was kind of, he wasn't that funny Mm. for a comedian, but if you're just in a group of friends and you crack a joke, like you're the funniest guy, there's no comedians around you. Yeah. Like the the competition is just people that are having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's not expected. Yeah. So that's why I've never done it. I was thinking about, I don't know if I brought this up. There's a comedy club in the metaverse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You have brought it up actually. And I thought
1: maybe I'll try my, uh, try it out there and see if I get anything. And then, Maybe work my way up. It's
0: just your avatar, right? Yeah, and you try it.
1: Yeah, even that I get anxiety over, but mm. whatever. Um, let's talk a little bit about your uh therapy session here.
0: All right, yeah. So this is the first um in-person therapy I've ever done.
1: Ooh, did yeah. it feel weird? It did. did. You had probably had anxiety leading up to, it, like, do I shake hands? Do I kiss? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: um i did have anxiety leading up to it um and the handshake thing yeah before and after i I felt that like should i shake his hand and i didn't And I I, even afterwards i was like right, maybe i should have shook his hand yeah uh, i I
1: hope he's not thinking about that too much yeah yeah because i think i brought it up when i first met my therapist yeah did you did i shake her hand yeah yeah um so i was sitting down and she came out and then i built it up in my head i reached my hand like, and I was like I hope she doesn't think I'm asking for a hand off the couch I was just trying to shake so I was like getting up and going like this at the same time yeah. it was a stand and shake
0: well I still wish I shook his hand so I think you might have been better off even though it was awkward
1: bring that up next time you go in say, yeah, hey, I I, uh, it'll give him a real insight of oh alright this guy builds up really small he's things he's crazy yeah. yeah so might be a nice little tidbit for him to know
0: so the I guess the first thing I'd say is the waiting room sucked it was like, it looks like it was designed as an afterthought in this building. And uh, it's just way too small. So there's like three other people and I'm sitting there and just like, we're looking at each other. Yeah. It just sucked.
1: So you all got issues too, huh?
0: Yeah, exactly. That,
1: that's funny.
0: And then uh, I met my guy. His name's Kyle too, actually. That's the lowest level of interesting anything could ever be. But yeah. Yeah. Um, We go inside and then the the biggest contrast is just being in the same room because i've been doing online therapy for a few months and i've had two online therapists and it's always felt kind of easy yeah even though like we're looking at each other but
1: there's a wall there yeah there's a virtual wall
0: yeah in this room i just you know there's there's two seats it looked like uh like he gave the choice right there's a comfy chair and then a wooden chair i'd pick the comfy one i don't know what that says about me yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he, you pick the comfy chair and you see him go to his, yeah. his stuff down. How are you doing? You're right there. <laughs> <laughs> wicked Larry David. Actually, there is a Larry David uh, skit about that on Curb right? Really? where he complains about the chair and, and Brian Cranston's like, I've never had anyone in my 30 years of practicing complain about the chair. He's like, really? maybe get a new one. Cranston would be a good therapist. You think so? He played a good one. I think so. Yeah, sorry. I keep derailing us here. Um. So you're there?
0: Yeah, The and So I'm, I'm sitting in the comfy chair and he's, I don't know. It felt like a little too far, but being closer would have been even more awkward.
1: Yeah. Imagine if you were sitting like us right now,
0: that would be so (laughs) bad. (laughs) No, and and yeah, he's across the room and it just, yeah, he made pretty intense eye contact and I usually do two, And it just felt, I don't know. It was, it was a little uncomfortable at times.
1: Are you consciously forcing the eye contact? Like I need to. Look him in the eyes. I can't. Sometimes. I'll try and then I'll get uncomfortable and I'll gaze at the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And I wonder if people see me gazing at their forehead or literally anywhere else besides their eyes.
0: So he did the, he asked me like, what's going on? That's just the first thing. Mm. And I told him, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I was looking for a specific type of therapy called EMDR. I know I've mentioned that, but yeah, that's why I sought this guy out because I Googled therapists in the area and I was looking for that specific type and, and it says he's trained in it. So I told him that and I, I brought it up in the context of the relationship. I said, I had some pretty tumultuous times in the relationship and I was looking for this type of therapy to help figure out my issues. Um, but we didn't stay on that for very long at all. He just kind of started asking me more questions about what's going on, like a little bit of history. And uh, at some point I brought up the suspicion that I, I might be bipolar um, and he said something very interesting. He said, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm usually hesitant to diagnose people. Uh, he said that, but I do get that feeling from you intuitively.
1: Hmm. Wow. That's, yeah. That's unexpected.
0: It was. Oh, yeah. And, and we talked about other stuff, but then I went back to it and I said, Hey, you said that you intuitively felt that, I you, I might be bipolar. What do you mean by that? And he said that it had to do with... Uh, so he's he's a, he comes from a clinical background.
1: And just to be clear, this is his first time meeting yeah. you? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what does it mean to come from a clinical background anyway? I'm not exactly sure. But I think it means, like, he's seen a lot of patients in hospitals and stuff?
1: Maybe. Yeah. I think clinic maybe would be in, like, maybe a psych ward somewhere and not yeah. just working at, out of the office he works now. Right. If I had to guess. Correct as if we're wrong, Nick. Please shoot me a text
0: yeah so he said that and he said that he's met bipolar patients before and he said that something about the traits that i was exhibiting um we're, were seen in a lot of those people and he, he specifically talked about adhd and he said like bipolar people they they feel like they might be adhd but something isn't in line with that so it has some similar feel to that but Something's different. Very, very interesting that he said that. I almost felt like I was getting my fortune read by a... Yeah. Like a... You Did know a, hold your hands? Yeah, tarot card or something.
1: Well, Michelle has that, the ADHD and bipolar. Yeah. Or border polar.
0: So I, I don't know if that would be the same feeling he would get, but...
1: I feel like that's a... It's got to be more than just that, because imagine if it was ADHD and he's like, oh, you're also bipolar, maybe. Mm. Just because... I mean, if he's getting... You got to be excited to kind of keep going to this guy and get to the bottom of it now. Because obviously he can't diagnose you off that first visit. He can only have questions, I think.
0: Well, he did recommend doing the the same evaluation that I've talked about a couple times. Okay. That Jumblowski did.
1: Okay, Jumblowski, yep.
0: The one that you said you might be interested in too. Yeah. Um, the thing that sucks though is, and this is something I've been dealing with the whole time I've been home trying to find these uh, specialists and stuff. It's awful calling. Yeah. Because most of these places do not answer their phones. No. Like, I'd say 5% or less, dude, I called so I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'll step back in a minute. But I was calling psychiatrists after this appointment. And I think I called like 35 places. And like, two of them answered their phones. And of those two, one of them didn't have any appointments until like March. And, uh, this therapist, he, he recommended the the neuropsych evaluation. He said, but I happen to know for a fact that all the places in the area are booked out until like February. So what do you do? Yeah. It just sucks. There are that many people getting this evaluation done. Yeah. He said, my best bet would be to like, say that I'm available to come in if there's any cancellations. Uh, so good luck
1: getting them on the phone to put you on
0: that list. Exactly. That's annoying yeah but anyway so to to go back um i was kind of because i did um th- this guy like i got a good feeling from him maybe i'm too easy to maybe maybe i'm too accepting of therapists by the way i just realized that i've had three and i said the same exact thing about all three of them like oh they felt good they felt smart yeah yeah
1: it's just which would be strange because you're a pretty critical person like it's skeptical yeah. for the most part um so the fact that you're very oh this guy's good like you trust them why because you have trust issues in the past right
0: yeah but why do i
1: oh i thought you were asking me like why <laughs> yeah. um i don't know maybe you're just accepting and willing to be vulnerable with them right off the rip because you know they're a professional maybe
0: but but either way so we we ended up talking about bipolar a little bit and i, I said like um you know i've been resistant to the idea of medication and i've been kind of hoping i could figure my own issues out heal whatever the fuck that means and uh not need anything and he was kind of saying well bipolar is not really like that like there's some things that like borderline personality disorder for example you can heal from
1: yeah they say that you can like through psychotherapy you can actually yeah like
0: cure right
1: borderline
0: personality and the the distinction that i've been kind of learning from the therapist this one in my online guide too is like it's whether it's neurological or not and i guess that also means were you born with some genetic predisposition towards it and uh (coughs) from what i understand bipolar is something that you're not gonna cure it's probably something i was born with to some extent and uh it's just there so that's something
1: you have to manage
0: that makes it more likely that i would benefit from medication and it's just not something that i can like of course regardless no matter who you are you go to therapy and learn tools to make you more effective in the real world and cope better or whatever but it's just probably something i'm gonna have um so then that made me more open, even more open to uh, taking the next step. And that's why I called a bunch of psychiatrists and then I made an appointment for Wednesday. This Wednesday? Yeah, it's it's a virtual one, but uh, I do have an appointment with a psychiatrist.
1: Did he recommend you see a psychiatrist? Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's a good step to keep in mind. I mean, for me, when I if I pose this question next time I go to therapy... And I asked this, I'll oh, know I have to go to a psychiatrist and make my own appointment, which might mean I won't make the appointment. And I'll just keep doing what
0: I'm doing. And I did feel a little bit bad, by the way, after our last talk, because I felt like I was kind of pushing that on you, maybe because I was trying to come to terms with it with myself.
1: No, I but... don't. I didn't feel like you were pushing it. We were just having like a a discussion and, you know, talking with my wife, her, me having a use case in the house that I can base my feelings off of and not using it. I didn't feel like you were pushing it. it. It was a valid question.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess some part of me is like, the whole thing doesn't feel fair. Not that it has to, but it's like, I guess if, if, if it turns out that I'm someone that needs medication and you're someone that doesn't like that would piss me off. Like really? some part of me would be jealous. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe that was coming out a little bit and even though you didn't feel it, I think that was that was something I was feeling at the time. It's like, well, if if I need this, then then you should too. I I think there was something
1: like that in my You course. fuck you think you're better than me? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I think it's because we've both been pretty resistant to medication. Yeah. Um so being told we might absolutely need it is a scary thing and you might feel less than, but over time i don't think that's a feeling you'll hold on to or i'll hold on to i feel like a majority if we were to look up stats on this a majority of people in america are on something for some sort of mental issue
0: yeah so and i think that's part of it too it's like we've talked about that and statistic
1: becoming part of that statistic
0: yeah and and there's also been the feeling that I don't know. I I guess that statistic just makes me feel like something's wrong. Like most people shouldn't need medication. Like really, more than half, you know, or or, or whatever the statistic is. There's a there's a feeling that something's wrong, and that we should be able to fix it. Like mm. it just feels wrong that over half the human beings should need to be on something, doesn't it? That doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I was going to try to make like a a reference to the past and how there was kind of less outside forces that can affect our mental state like yeah. as far as social media and just the constant news flow and how fucked up everything is everywhere in the world. A lot of the things we were kind of blind to. And the more and more it comes to surface, the more and more we have to think about and worry about. And that's probably what's led us to this point maybe but i feel like that has a big part in everyone kind of like that statistic the reason why it's growing yeah we have just so much more information available
0: it could be too like i think something i do that's not really productive especially in this conversation is like i should just worry about myself if, if the, I'm talk, if I'm thinking about medication or whatever, I shouldn't always put it in the context of what everybody else is doing. It doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, because we talk about how we're all unique snowflakes. Right. You know, we all have different things that have happened to us in our lives and the way we think is all different. Who cares if you are different from someone else and need something to help you? But, they haven't dealt with what you've dealt with.
0: But, but that being said, it is still it seems likely still that maybe it, maybe medication is like under prescribed for some groups of people and over prescribed for other groups of people, because it still does seem likely that a lot of psychiatrists are very quick to prescribe stuff when maybe people, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I should just stop talking about this shit. I don't know.
1: Yeah. My problem is, I mean, we've seen, we're both very anti big pharma. Uh, You know, we've seen they've just blatantly lied about Mm. a lot of things. And now we're just expected to trust them and take what they give us because they say it will help. That's part of it, too. That's a big thing for me is just how am I supposed to trust anything you fucking say now? Mm. Oh, you're not. Yeah. I. That could be a whole other conversation we have. But how do we explore? And that's another thing. The one thing we can do to help us is coming from greedy, money-hungry pigs that get people hooked on stuff intentionally so they can keep their pockets full. Mm -hmm. And now we have to go, sorry for all the things I said, (laughs) but help me out. That's our only... It sucks. Yeah. I don't want to have to fuck contributing to these assholes. Yeah. So that's another part of it for me is just how am I supposed to trust you now?
0: And the idea of being dependent on something sucks.
1: Yeah. But not dependent on medication, but maybe you're dependent on meditation. There's certain things you can depend upon to improve your mental well-being. Mm. Whether it's medication or not, you're still depending on something. When you meditate more. I guess that's true. You're in a better head state, right? Yeah. So you kind of depend on that, right?
0: Yeah, we're always dependent on stuff. I'm dependent on oxygen and food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hygiene—you're dependent on a lot of things to not hygiene.
0: Well, I am, but you're not.
1: I use dry (laughs) shampoo this morning, so what the fuck, what? Why is everything you do dry, dude? You need (laughs) you need some lubrication in your life. Yeah, no, I'm gonna—I was gonna shower before you came over, but I got caught up, you know, doing home improvement stuff because I'm a manly man. What is dry shampoo, by the way? It's kind of just like you spray it on, and it—it looks, yeah. What? I'll give you some. Are you saying that you
0: don't take a shower when you shampoo?
1: No, wait, what? What? Why would I? No, if it's dry shampoo, it's just you spray it on and it cleans your hair. Why? Or it makes it look clean.
0: Well, You can take me through this.
1: When do you use dry shampoo? It's another situation where it's easier if I showed <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> no, it's like because I'll shower at night. Okay. To give myself more time in the morning. Yeah. If my hair is looking a little shishmeted, mm-hmm. I give it a couple.
0: In the morning. In the morning. Without taking a shower.
1: Yeah, because I showered at, showered at night. I so will shower you spray again
0: this dry shampoo on. Don't put it in air quotes. I don't think it. <laughs> you spray this dry
1: shampoo oh, on, not. and then what happens? You rub it in, and it looks
0: brand spanking. You don't out. wash it out. No, it's no. I'm really disturbed by the number of things you do in your life that are dry that should not be dry.
1: Hmm. Trying to think, what else I do that's dry? <laughs> I mean, no, it makes sense. Dry shampoo works. Does it? Yeah. I never heard of it before. Well. Your loss. Maybe you could have been benefiting from dry shit. I. It's whatever. Moving on. All right, fine. You just you don't like dry stuff. I especially not when they should be wet.
0: I mean, you're jerking off without anything. You are just you're going raw into raw the...
1: dogging it through life. No medication, your... no lube,
0: <laughs> no water for the shampoo. Into your rough hands, like your dick, must be covered in cuts and bruises,
1: and yours must. Look like it's been in a tub of KY jelly. That's how I like it. Yeah, yeah it's just glistening. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a brand new porcelain toilet. Yeah, it's shiny. Yeah.
0: And you're you're not jealous? Mine look good. It looks fine. It looks like it's been to wars. <laughs> it's been through hell and back. <laughs> it's,
1: it's two tours <laughs> and now. Um,
0: it's all dry and
1: cracked. Just begging for a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god um so wednesday is your appointment yeah i'll also
0: be in new hampshire then too i'm gonna go to new hampshire tomorrow
1: Ooh!
0: yeah for a week that'd be fun
1: maybe i like new hampshire yeah what part uh not too far from manchester Mm, okay i don't know where anything is i just know i've been to north conway and
0: that's it. Yeah, I don't even really know either because so my dad was living in New Hampshire, the same part of New Hampshire for so long, like 10, 15 years. And now he's moved and I still haven't gotten used to the new location. I don't know what it's called, even though I've been there a couple times. And I always just think of the last place and uh, this place. Yeah, I'm still not used to it. It's a nice house and everything.
1: Yeah, we've kind of just uh, surrendered our ability to remember locations and how to get there because our phone just does that for us
0: yeah and maybe i just don't want to learn new things i'm just stuck in the past
1: i think that's we always make fun of like old guys like oh Mm. my god like get over it like that's not how we do things anymore grandpa but we're at that age where Mm. we know what we know okay
0: basically yeah
1: yeah so we're just we've, we've got ourselves in the pattern and we've become the people that we've made fun of
0: he said snow a couple times already too in New Hampshire.
1: Fuck that, dude! I hate snow so much. Yeah, I'm not ready for the winter, and the whole it being dark, like the whole seasonal depression thing, is so goddamn real. And anyone who says it's not is just stupid and dumb. Yeah,
0: that was one of the things my my guy said to me to the the new guy in person. He asked me if I've had my vitamin D levels checked. And I said no, um, and he said, "Well, you know that can be useful, blah blah blah, but it's not the whole thing for me. I've taken vitamin D and." Maybe it helps. I don't know. I I feel like those things that, like, help a little bit are just, I'm just over them.
1: Yeah. No, you want to fix it the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Because I've tried so many of those little things. It's just not going to. Yeah. Vitamin D, get the fuck out of (laughs) here. But it is real because, especially now, being here in the Northeast of the United States, because we do have a lot of international listeners, so we should mention that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But. um, Not to brag. Yeah, we're just not getting much sunlight now at all. And vitamin D does matter.
1: Yeah. When I get when I get out of work, it's dark. By the time I get home, it's dark. I have to turn the lights on to take Ollie outside. That's depressing. It's awful. Yeah. I spend all of my daylight in a cubicle. That sucks. Yeah. Five days a week, eight hours a day.
0: And it's just getting worse and worse until like what, January or February? And then it starts to get better? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: get I don't fucking know. I just I'm I'm over the darkness. I'm over all of it. I want to move somewhere sunny and warm all the time. Even if it's not light out, at least I'm not going to be miserable going outside. Could I wake I, Could I move somewhere? Mm. Yeah, but we want to be close to family for when we shit out a kid. Right. So, it's down the line, but we're it's in the. That's definitely on the things to do. Any progress on your kid shitting? Um, we're pumping and dumping. Okay, that's good. We got all good news. We did get the genetic testing back, and Michelle's a carrier for something that can be passed on but it's a 1 in 44,000 chance that's that, that um i forgot what it's called i could look it up we can go into it next time but it's kind of like a whole muscular problem that could be passed on damn yeah but i i'm not too concerned 1 in 44,000 i'll take my chances so
0: is is that something that it's like recessive like she doesn't have it or is it something that she could have later in life
1: she doesn't no, it, it usually, if you were to get it, you'd get it by the time you were late teens, early 20s. Hmm. So it's just something that she carries that she could pass on. And you? Um, clean across the board. Hmm. That that was a scary thing waiting for. I didn't like think about it too much, but because you never know if like H- Hutchinson's or is that what it's called? Huntington's. Huntington's. I thought it was Huntington's at first. I doubted myself. I said Hutchinson's. Hmm. I'm human.
0: Never doubt yourself. Yeah,
1: because I have, I have a buddy who had to get tested because his father had it. And he was getting ready to have a kid and he just put off the testing, put it off, put it off because he didn't want to know, oh, I haven't told I'm 50. Yeah. Um, so he had to get tested to make sure because, you know, he ended up having a, a kid. So he had to make sure I'm not going to pass it on to him because that's a big thing. Like if you have it,
0: it's a very high chance, I think.
1: I think it's like 50 50.
0: Yeah. Something like that. So
1: didn't did. have it. Wow. Well, so that's good. Lucky. So not passing it on to his child. And obviously, not even just the fear of passing it on to your child. Don't you, you don't want to leave your child early? Mm. Once you have a kid, I feel like things change. Like you start going to the doctors more because you got to take care of yourself because you're not living for yourself. You you got to take care of this thing that you just shit out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the vasectomies the other night. Really? Yeah. Well, you gonna do it? I don't know. It's there. It's it's, it's in the mind. I don't know, I still I still have this feeling like maybe I'll change my mind, but it seems really, really unlikely.
1: If you change your mind, you can reverse it. Yeah. So, I think. Is it the men that can reverse it and the women that cannot?
0: Men can reverse it, yeah. And women cannot. It's not like 100% to reverse it, but uh, but yeah, you can. It'd be cool to not worry pumping and dumping.
1: Yeah. That's, I'm sure that's fun. Do you dump or do you do the P.O.? <laughs> I'm a PO guy. Okay. I wasn't uh, sure if you were dumping and just fingers crossed. Birth control
0: works. Except on the P. Huh? Well, I can I can D when she's on the P.
1: Oh.
0: On the M slash P Well,
1: yeah, if if you know she's on the P, I usually put a raincoat on because it's it's raining. It's raining. So what? Meh. You know me, I'm a dry guy. Yeah, <laughs> what? yeah, you a dry guy. That's right. <laughs> that's the only time I've been to kiss lotion. On it.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, I'm a dry guy. You wear the raincoat all the time, just because. That yeah. dude, that's why you haven't gotten pregnant.
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's like when you put your your hands in like the the lotion gloves and you let them sit for a half hour yeah. to help with dry skin. I'll just toss them on and walk around the house. Imagine if 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 you found out like. You've
0: been trying to get pregnant for years. And, and mean, then one time she catches you putting a condom on.
1: Like, what are you doing? I'm like, Yeah, I've always worn one. <laughs> I don't think it's just, getting, like, I just don't want to get wet. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, yeah, when she's on the P, I put a coat on. But wow. It's nice to D when they're not on the P.
0: Yeah, we're on the opposite schedule, man, because that's the only time I get to D.
1: Yeah. No, I'm Ding all the time. Huh? Well, I think that's a strong to wrap it up i think we've been going for like an hour maybe maybe,
0: maybe. we always find out that it's not the case but
1: we always uh because audacity used to give us a timer how long we've been going uh yeah and rather than us go hey maybe we start a timer so we can see how long we go
0: do you think our chemistry is getting worse now that we just we just don't want to spend that much time talking to each other
1: no i don't think so hmm. i think it's maybe just cutting out some of the bullshit like the dick talk yeah oh man no no i mean it's not like we're intentionally cutting out it's not, I'm just saying the randomness is part of why people love us, I think. Is the episode going to come out today? Or, <laughs> or did something happen and it's coming out Tuesday?
0: I did see Justin, by the way. Did you? Yeah. Where? Uh, Well, I let him know that I was at Mo- Mohegan and uh, he met up with us. How was that? It's
1: cool. Oh, is he
0: still a loyal listener? Uh, He said he's a little bit behind. That's fine. Because he's dealing with a new kid.
1: Oh, he's a busy guy, too. He's, he's an inter- international businessman. Yep, yep. But,
0: but it was cool. Yeah, we had a had a drink. Um, I think he just had soda water. Very responsible.
1: Hmm. Yeah, he's got, he's got
0: a couple kids. Yeah, and then that was when I was sports betting too. I was watching the Celtics, hoping they were winning by one.
1: You know nothing about sports. No. You were on full tilt. You were like, I lost it all at poker. Yeah. I'm gonna win it back with some, with some of these sports games
0: here. Some very risky sports bets. Yeah. Like, well, very very low chance. I I picked the Celtics to win by one. I bet ten dollars. And if the Celtics won by exactly one, I would have won, like, 300. Man, that would have been awesome. But they lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: don't bet on things you don't know. Speaking of, we got to get that uh, England game. Uh, Oh, okay.
1: All right. So we will wrap it up. England's about to start. Um, Bye, everybody. You have any closing words? I love you. you I'll leave it there. All right. Okay.